0: Am going coffee. Your off off. Pardon? There we go. There's the sound. Okay. Uh, you opened this conversation by talking about uh that you're beginning to understand uh that everything really is already okay and that it's all right for you to go ahead and be happy but when you were talking about it your your brow was knitted and uh there were other uh signs of discontinuity in the sense and then you finally said that you're trying to work this out and i could see the trying to work it out all over your face while you were describing it
1: yeah my my brain still goes to um that feeling content and satisfied is something different than how i'm feeling right now that's pretty deeply ingrained
0: yes everyone that i know of has to get over that it's almost like a um a multi-stage process and the first level would be the intellectual level which is where you are now you kind of understand it at an intellectual level that that uh It's almost like the statement that even though I I feel like shit and I am shit, it really would be nice if I wasn't such a piece of shit. And now Damarato is saying I'm not really a piece of shit, and that sounds nice. <laughs> However, <laughs> he doesn't understand that I really am a piece of shit. That's the first stage that everybody goes through. That intellectual understanding, we don't quite buy it because we don't feel it, but at least it sounds enticing. At moments I'm starting to feel it. Like there's
1: moments where I'm just being with whatever I'm at and not trying to change it. And it and it feels it feels great, good, bad, or indifferent. It's like fleeting glimpses.
0: That often occurs when we're having an activity and what I mean by having an activity is is that our mind is engaged in the activity itself rather than like what happens in most meditation sessions when people sit down with nothing to do. They sit down with no books and no work to do. They've got no knife and no piece of wood to carve. They've got nothing, right? What happens is, is that we fall back into the default mode. And that default mode is living in our past and feeling the way that we used to feel. And so this is actually um, a, a good place for meditation students to be put into, so that then uh, they can see it. But it's also valuable for us to engage in activities, because when we're engaged in activities, then we're not back into that default mode of, of feeling like a piece of shit, because we have been, let us say, be, be, and we feel like a piece of shit because we have proved to ourselves in the past over and over and over again, that I am a piece of shit. I'll take what that person said. He called me a piece of shit and I said, yeah, he was right. Then I got a spanking for being a piece of shit, etc., like that. And all of this stuff mounts up to where we now have an overall balance of the scale of feeling like a piece of shit. And yet we know intellectually somehow that we don't have to and that when we get engaged in activities and we focus on something else other than ourselves, then everything is okay
1: or sometimes in, in meditation when i just forget my, my mind just forgets to try and change how i'm feeling for a second and i just I feel okay when I
0: stop trying to feel okay. (laughs) That's interesting. That is, in fact, just another way of saying it with a whole lot less weight to it. That the way that many people try to practice meditation by trying to become enlightened And finally, sometimes after years and years of the struggle of trying to be enlightened, they say, well, the hell with it. I'm just going to sit here and enjoy myself. And then they become enlightened because they're actually sitting there enjoying themselves. So they've stopped the struggle. So you're right. You've got one of the keys now. One of the keys to unlocking this door is to stop trying to feel okay or stop trying to feel different. Than you do, but rather we leave it to the to the issue of investigation instead. Investigation. Investigation. Okay. So what we mean by that is is that we automatically judge being a piece of shit as some bad news. It's wrong. Is it, we shouldn't be a piece of shit, nor feel like a piece of shit, right? But when we investigate, we investigate and find many things going on, including that uh, the feelings may be feelings of shit, but the mind's okay. But often the way that we feel is also associated with the kind of thoughts that we have, and so that if we can change the kinds of thoughts we have, we will also change the way that we feel. And that's directly true in uh, in the example that I just gave, of that when we're not occupied with anything, we go back into default, which would be basically what Sigmund Freud called free association, that the mind just jumps and jumps and jumps around Well, guess what, all of that monkey mind jumping, that monkey misses a limb from time to time and crash lands. That happens over and over again. But the other point is, why is the monkey jumping around? Why isn't the monkey content on the limb he's on? Why is the other limb always better, even to the point that he's willing to crash land, missing it to get away from where he is? Okay, and so when we hear the idea that everything is really okay, well, it's only at an intellectual level. There's deeper levels that need to be gone through, and that as we do the investigation, we begin to say, well, wait a minute, I'm actually making enemies with myself because it's me that I don't like. Why don't I become friends with myself? Why don't I accept the way that I am? That in fact, it's really okay that I'm a piece of shit. That the way things really are. In fact, we need not call it a piece of shit. That we begin to investigate and see things clearly. And one of the things that we need to keep focusing on in that investigation is not only what is there, but also, and this is a big question in Buddhism, is to start also focusing on what is not there. This is where we get the idea of emptiness and shunyata and all of that. And the example that the Buddha gives, which is an indication, is is that when Ananda asks about that, uh, the Buddha says, we are standing here in the forest. And Ananda says, okay. And he says, and this place is empty of village. There is no town here in this forest. Okay. And so that's the kind of example that we're looking for. And in the sense that one of the ways that we need to to find safety and security is by looking around and noticing that there is actually no dangerous things here Mm -hmm. there are in fact no alligators on the floor there is no python climbing up your leg there is no grizzly bear standing in the corner There is no mafia, boss. (laughs) You had to check. I was wondering if you were going to (laughs) check. Don't take my word for it. Investigate. (laughs) Take a look. (laughs) To recognize that you're safe. Everything is okay. And yet, why is it that part of this feeling like shit has the quality of things are dangerous almost as if i'm going to eventually get get punished for the sentence that i have received for being a piece of shit or something like that in other words we're waiting for our bad actions to catch up with us and give us the fruit of our bad actions
1: i um in in trying to um uh cope with cope with the challenges of the new job i've been the nice thing i i'm doing factory work eh? and so it's very routine and so i actually have the chance to uh try and like um uh you know maintain my sati and things um it, it's and kind it of also cool.
0: gives you a great opportunity to dwell in your shit
1: <laughs> it, it does but I, i've been i've been trying my very trying my very best to like to just realize, you know, these anxieties I'm having about, you know, oh, I'm going to feel okay later in the day, you know, all these things, you know, it's like, that's not happening right now. Right now I'm okay. I've been doing, doing my best to say this sense of danger or impending
0: doom is it's nothing. It's not there. Okay. It's not really. Exactly so. Congratulations. You're on the path. This is the whole thing is is to remember to be in the present moment and stop worrying about how I'm going to feel in the future, because that sense of danger is what makes us feel insecure. And in fact, you don't know what the rest of that later on today is going to bring. This is really so profound a teaching. That. Uh, the Buddha has given um, actually many places. It actually was in poet, poet poetry, and that it has to the best advantage of uh, to the best ability of the translators, they've tried to leave it in poetic form because it has that kind of an impact. But the the statement has to do with the fact that we do not know anything about the future. We do not know what the future is going to bring. That in fact, the entire realm of gambling is based upon the fact that people don't know what the future is going to bring. And so they try to manipulate it so that it'll bring them what they want. And that they are uh, disgustingly incapable of doing that. Little investors on the stock market, for instance, they lose their <laughs> pants <laughs> because of their greed and they're thinking, well, the um, when the stock market goes up, then I'll make money, but there's no guarantee of that. We don't know what the future is going to bring. If you see that, then you can be here now and be satisfied with the here now, because you may not get punished for uh, in the future for wrongdoing in the past. You don't know. One one thing that I'm I'm trying
1: to trying to uh, sort through is is um, I I find myself relating with a lot of aversion when. Um, You know, because I I have this notion, Okay, be cool right now. And then when my brain goes here, there and everywhere, then I'm constantly going, you know, shouldn't be having those thoughts. Should be happy right now. And and so it's it's uh, um, I'm relating with aversion when my mind does its thing. Ah,
0: yes. So, in fact, you have now found a new way to criticize yourself. (laughs) okay you are uh like all of us we are often uh trained into being critical critical mind in fact in our society uh, a critical mind is good they even hire um critics at the newspaper to criticize plays and movies and things like this so our society is built upon criticism in the sense of building buildings, <laughs> building cities, building technology, critical thinking is needed, and our scientific is needed. But we're also using criticism um, in a way of uh, looking at right and wrong, up and down, what works, what does not work. What's good and bad is mostly how this got started. And this is actually uh, well known in the Bible, though it's not known for this. And that is the story of Adam and Eve. I think I have mentioned this to you before you have. Yeah. Okay. So the story of Adam and Eve is that this Adam and Eve themselves destroyed their own paradise and or uh, were thrown out of their paradise by their own thoughts of criticizing paradise. The paradise was paradise before they came and it was paradise after they left and it was paradise there when they were there for a while but when they started criticizing it, it wasn't paradise anymore. It could be improved, it could be fixed.
1: I remember on the last last time we talked, you talked about you know, remembering to keep into a nurturing mind frame. And in the nurturing mind frame,
0: there's That's no what dichotomy. what about to get into. Yes. Yeah. You're a step ahead of me. Congratulations. You're a half a step ahead of me. I we need a- <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes. Nurturing is exactly the opposite of criticism. These two words go together very well. That you need to stop criticizing yourself in the sense of you ought to feel good, which is criticizing yourself, into saying things like, wow, everything is nice. In other words, you begin to nurture yourself. This is what we mean by gladdening the mind. And it's a very subtle thing because most of us who are trained in being critical, we see, in fact, no distinction between nurturing and merely liking. So that we continue in our criticism and say, criticism means I hate it, and nurturing means I like it. And yet both of those things are criticism. So you're saying, I should feel happy. And you're criticizing yourself for not feeling happy, but that's no invitation to be happy. That's pointing out the fact that you ain't got it. And so it, this is actually a uh, the beginning of a ma- major shift in one's practice from only understanding the teachings of the Buddha intellectually and to really start to applying it in the sense that you already are okay. You already are enlightened. You already are any and everything that you want to be. But for many, many years, you've been training yourself into being a piece of shit. And now you're going to train yourself out of that. That you're not fixed. That's the important teaching of Anatta. Atta. Is just because you're a piece of shit doesn't mean that you're going to be a piece of shit in five minutes. And just because you feel like a piece of shit right now doesn't mean that you're going to feel like a piece of shit in five seconds. You do have choices with this. And we have been robbed by our um, society of that. We have been lied to. Christianity is one of the major liars in this sense. You want me to tell you the lie? I can do it in two words. Original sin. Oh, God. That is the biggest lie. Here's what it means is you're already a piece of shit and you can't do anything about it. You need Jesus to come wash you off. Hey. Whitewash you or something. Give you forgiveness for being a piece of shit. Guess what, Devin? From the depths of my heart, I know you're not a piece of shit. But you think you are often. And you have been trained by our society and our culture to feel that way so that you would improve. And guess what? People who feel like shit don't improve much, <laughs> <laughs> and yet some of these pieces of shit are really, really wealthy—lots <laughs> and lots of money—and they still like feel like a piece of shit. And they think that, oh, if I can get double my money, you know, two billion dollars is not enough. But if I had four, now mm. I wouldn't like feel like a piece of shit.
1: There's a. Uh, it- Quote from the suttas as I came came across the other day, that's been been with me, and it basically says, um, you know, um, when you stop seeking pleasure, you'll feel at peace, and and that is that's so it's counterintuitive, but like sometimes. I can feel that, you know, like when I like observing. Wow, to see- what a
0: direct application. You nailed it. So when I talk about you uh, uh, to practice and cultivate happiness, now you're seeing that, oh, is that the sense pleasure I should pursue? I, c- I should go get that and I'll feel good if I get it, but I don't have it yet and I feel bad. Yeah.
1: And that's the yeah. whole, actually, the fix in is, is the. Um, and and so I'm starting to see like this this business is is about surrender, completely surrendering to what's
0: going on. Um, and that's a very Christian word. There's better words to use because that sounds like a a victim when we surrender.
1: I guess it has a good it has a good connotation for me because in twelve step programs it's it's one of
0: uh, one of our. Very- Twelve step is very, very Christian oriented, and they have that word surrender in there. Let me give you an alternate word for that. Okay. Amor fati. Amor fati. Amor fati. This is Latin, and it uh, uh, it directly translates. You know, like in Italian, amore. That's amore. Okay, so we're talking about love. Amor. But it's not sensual love because, in fact, the word fate here in the Latin is where we get our word fate. Now, when I say the word fate, I'm not talking about predestination or destiny. I'm talking about the fate of. This is uh, coming from the word faithful, which means real. That this is fidelity. You hear all of these words I, in there I, and we I, all I <laughs> and we also hear the word fat. Okay. Now in our society somehow skinny is good and fat is bad, but in old civilizations, especially now, even in India, the Hollywood movies have the, the stars that keep going in movie after movie after movie are all fat. Why are they fat? Because in India that still has the concept of, of um Uh, prosperity okay but the reality of fate is is uh in english is your fate is going to hell that you're fated for badness to where in older languages fate was just whatever it is or it can be fortunate also so amor fate means being in love with fate being in love with whatever it is is happening, and whatever it is is going to happen, we fall in love with that. Now Watch that's what a little you bit have. better way of looking at it than surrender.
1: Yeah. Yes, I mean this. This this feels like a. Um. Uh, a bit a, a bit like. Um. Meta. This 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 feels. Like the the um uh the thing I've been trying to do where I'm I, I've been trying to be like look at whatever what's going on with some kindness, you know, and 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 you know feel um some some gratitude for wherever I'm at and some some confidence in, in the process and all those things. I don't know if that's similar. Sure.
0: Well, since we're actually all pointing in the same direction, all of these various words may have kind of little connotations here and there, but we're, we're still always pointing at the same thing, okay? And basically what we can say is, is that if we can come to a state of uh, comfort, satisfaction, security... Uh, and success within the mind then we treat the whole world that way also that we treat the the outside world the way we treat the inside world not well that we criticize the outside world just like we criticize the inside world we use the same template With with the idea of metta, then, is to start treating the outside world with compassion or with uh, uh, amor fati. Or, in the case that you're using, surrendering to it. But surrendering, somehow, you can hear the concept is is that the underdog surrenders to the top dog. The one who is losing is the one who surrenders. We're much more like looking at um, uh, reality or uh, fati, our fate, as a concubine, as a lover, meta, all on a kind of an equal basis where we enjoy each other and share with that the word surrender still has the connotation of okay i give in because i've lost and i can't do anything about it which is built into the 12-step program but there's better ways of, of wording it than the way that it was originally worded like for instance being powerless because in fact everyone when we begin uh the spiritual practice Whether that spiritual practice is, um, let us say, setting boundaries against alcohol, because we recognize that if we uh, go through that boundary of alcohol or drugs, then all of the boundaries are broken. And so we begin to set up that one boundary with the understanding that I am, once I break that boundary, once I go up into that other territory, I'm helpless. But so long as I stay where I am, I'm okay. Well, the spiritual life, we wind up doing that with a lot of stuff. Why? Because we become awake to dukkha. That alcohol is so easy to see the dukkha in it, that it is actually more possible for people to give up alcohol, and still they wind up having a miserable unhappy life because they haven't set all the other boundaries that need to be set and how we set those boundaries is by seeing the dukkha and once we see the dukkha then we can do something the buddha talked about it like this that in the beginning everyone can see the gratification like that statement that you meant is we're chasing sensual desires we can see the gratification. But now, uh, the teaching of the Buddha, starting with the first noble truth. Oh, sorry. (sighs) Just have to remind
1: myself about that. Okay. Beg your pardon.
0: Please go ahead and <laughs> uh, All right. So, um, that first noble truth impacted Bu- the entire teaching of the Buddha. The Buddha rec- uh, compacted down into just three words, dukkha, dukkha, naroda. Everything about the teaching of the Buddha is to see the dukkha so that we can immediately get rid of it this is an important quality of dukkha dukkha naroda so this is the entire path as it were and what happens is is that we get better and better at seeing dukkha and because we can see the dukkha that means that we can see the danger in whatever we're doing an example of someone who is fat (laughs) and they eat a lot of donuts because the donuts are delicious and then they decide for some reason or another that they want to go on a diet, and now they see donuts as dangerous. Once they see donuts as dangerous, that gives them the opportunity of escape. Not guaranteed. Because a lot of people will, will do the do the double duty of of it is they see the danger in the donut, they eat it anyway, and then they feel bad because they ate the donut, as well as packing on the weight. <laughs> and so, and in fact, if they can see that double dukkha, then they can really recognize, oh, I should leave these donuts alone, because if now that I see that it's dukkha and I eat it anyway, I'm going to be doubling my dukkha. And so this is also a um, a way of beginning to look at it. And so all of it has to do with being able to see the dukkha so that you can get out of it. So and feeling like a piece of shit yeah. should be seen as dukkha.
1: Yeah. I'm 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 starting to see it, and it's it's how I relate to it, because my 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 go-to is um, put it this way, if we're talking about dukkha, oh I'm 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 having dukkha thoughts, I'm I'm having a dukkha attitude, um, uh, I'm unskillful, I'm, I'm bad, and I pile more dukkha upon it. That's that's I'm gonna beg your pardon here just getting ready. But for that's work. the
0: way that you have been trained your whole life. Yes. Now the right way to say it is, oh, I see you. Da, 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 da. I caught you that time. You yes. see, it's a completely different attitude, and we need to change that kind of attitude from an attitude of oh, I'm a piece of shit, and therefore I'm a piece of shit. Which is basically what you're saying, is that I see the duke, and therefore I'm bad. The answer to that is no. The dukkha is to be avoided. But that you being bad is only.
1: Sorry, I, I have to get my clothes dry for work. I apologize. Go ahead. I'm listening.
0: <laughs> All right. Distracted there were we?
1: I wish I wish there were a way around it, but I gotta have clean clothes.
0: <laughs> Once you put them on or not.
1: My apologies, thanks for bearing with me.
0: <laughs> now all I see is Below your mouth. How's that? Move the camera a little bit. Okay.
1: Um. Oh. Ah. okay come back, come back. Where is my. There's me. Okay.
0: Ah. All right. Is this okay? So back back to duka do you see how much duka you put yourself through in the past 2 minutes uh, i mean i'm i'm pretty okay with it i had to do it <laughs> all right you you had the thought that you had to do it Go on. All right. And that you had that thought right then. You could have had the thought before you called me.
1: Uh the the laundry was just going in before I called, yeah. It's just in the wash.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. What we're getting at is is that these feelings, these bad feelings, when you catch them. What you do is what the ordinary mind does in the sense of, Oh, this is bad. I should not be feeling this way. And you become critical of yourself. A much better way is to be nurturing to yourself. Imagine it like this, because this actually is uh, useful for some people. Imagine it's like a dog. Now, a dog is not a child. A child, when it's raised, we expect things from it. That child's got to fit into human society. That child's got to learn language. It's got to learn to speak. It's got to learn to do uh, all kinds of stuff. But we don't expect that from a dog. Some people do. Some people want a trick dog. Some people spend a lot of time with a dog trying to get it to do this, that, and the other thing. But even when they're doing it, they do it. In a way that helps the dog, and they would probably do uh, training of the dog in one way, and then training of their own kids in another, because we want critical thinking in the dog, in the in the child. But with the dog, it's always the dog is okay. The dog is okay right now, and he doesn't need to learn tricks to be okay. And so, uh, when the dog is barking, we say, down boy. And we let the dog be a pet, and we pet the dog. And when we're petting and stroking and touching the dog, all kinds of neural hormones are going on for both the dog and the human. That's why we want to carry the dog around. The dog likes to be carried around. He's part of the pack. Okay? So, if we begin to think of it like that, that we're going to treat ourselves actually like like a pet or treat ourselves like a long-lost friend except they're not expecting anything out of them in other words it's okay a fate is the way when i'm saying it's okay that means that i'm actually in love with the fate of the fact that i consider myself a piece of shit and that's all right that's okay It's okay, Devin, that you're a piece of shit. (laughs) Do you know anyone uh... who does not consider them a piece of shit? And the ones who don't consider them a piece of shit, almost everybody else around them does. It's very rarely that you'll find someone who considers themselves not a piece of shit, and everybody else around them considers them also not a piece of shit. That's a very, very rare person. Almost everybody you know considers themselves a piece of shit. Congratulations. Welcome to the human race. You're a piece of shit. And so now we can say the next line, which is the surrender to it, is to get over it. But I'm inviting you even further to that, and that is to fall in love with the fact that you're a piece of shit to really accept it. Hey, that's a fine doodle-dandy piece of shit there I am. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm like this is
1: starting to starting to arise in, in, in how I'm relating. I'm starting to look at it and um and and be able to like muster muster a bit of affection and and compassion for
0: the whole for the whole mess. Nurturing. To yeah. n- nurture. This is how we pay, uh, to take it. Because we want to leave it not intellectual in the sense that, oh, I should nurture. But then in practice, we're still critical of ourselves. Why don't you feel nurtured? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Still lots of that. Uh-huh. And when we recognize the dukkha that's built into that attitude of wanting to be different than you are, rather than accepting the way things really are right now. And not just surrender to it, because surrender to it means that you've lost the battle, you've lost the war. Amor fate means that you're, you're good with it, you're fine. And because of that, we're changing the attitude. And part of the attitude is, that, well, it made it, I'm not that much of a piece of shit. It, often I feel really good. And so slowly over time, we come out of it. And basically what that uh, the important point to draw from this is the quality of success. That every time that you feel like that, that things are okay. Even if you use the word surrender, that's all right. You can use the word surrender, that's fine. But every time that you do surrender, congratulate yourself. Congratulate yourself, hey, I really like this and I want to remember that I like it and I can get into this acceptance. Rather than, than looking at sensual pleasure in the sense of, oh, I ought to feel happy. And said, oh, well, I'm really good, even if I'm not. I'm good. Yeah, I'm unhappy. I'm an unhappy piece of shit. I've got so many problems. Ain't that funny? (laughs) And so we begin to accept this over and over and over again. And that gains then the attitude that I can handle this. You see, part of the problem with the word surrender is, is that you're a piece of shit and there's something wrong with that and I've got to kind of put up with it. We're looking for the fact that in, that you can um, change that attitude from the from that of a loser or a victim into that of a champion and we have success and that success is built upon The fact that over and over and over again, you can come out of the bad feelings of being a piece of shit into recognizing you can nurture yourself. You can do this. You can be okay with yourself. And you've already said that you've had some glimpses. You've had some times when, in fact, you were. Remember those when you need to remember them. So that you can say, hey, I can get myself out of feeling like a piece of shit. Or at least I can feel I can get myself out of hating that I'm a piece of shit. And get into, it's okay. It's fine. I like it, in fact. That's the confidence. And that confidence is actually what the Buddha is talking about in the Eightfold Noble Path of right attitude. That right view comes first. Right sati we need often. Taking the right effort. All of those three things work in circle around each other that eventually adds this fourth ingredient. And that fourth ingredient is the attitude of a lion. The attitude of a winner. I can do this. Even if I'm a piece of shit, I can still handle things very well, very happily. Because I've got the confidence and the skill to do it. I'm a skillful piece of shit. (laughs) So we're looking for that confidence. The Pali word for it is Shraddha. Knowing that you can do it, because you have done it, you have gotten yourself out of your misery, and you can do it again, and again, and again. And soon, you'll get the position or the attitude that no matter what kind of piece of shit I talk myself into thinking I am, I can talk myself right back out of it, no matter what obstructions the mind has. Whether I'm sick in the hospital, or I'm in jail, or I'm walking up to the hangman's noose, or anything, I can handle it.
1: So, my, my worry... I don't hear you. I, I, I've, had this, I've, I've, I've had these instructions. I don't hear you. For, oh, you don't hear me? My microphone is on.
0: I still don't hear you. Internation now. <laughs>